بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد This is the completion now of the poem that we were discussing from several days regarding the remembrance of death The poet is now having described the danger and the harm of getting caught up in all kinds of haram love and things that will become a problem for a person on the day of qiyamah what will now be of help to him is what he is now describing that ibra ila kulli hibbin min mahabbatihi wa siq bi hubbi rasulillahi wa takili abstain from the love of every beloved and make strong the bond of love with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and rely only on it هو الذي حبه فوز ومكرمه وحبه ايه الايمان فاكتملي the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is success honor and a sign of iman hence perfect it the day of qiyamah we are going to be wanting to have the shafaat and the intercession of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we are going to be hoping that we be blessed with the honor of having the mubarak water of kawsar from his mubarak hand so without having strengthened the bond of love with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then allah forbid we become deprived of these great bounties on that day so therefore this is the thing to do to strengthen our bond of love with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa hubbuhul urwatul wusqa lan fisama laha wa lan fisama li hablin minhum muttasili the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that strong rope which will never snap and the relationship which is attached to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is unbreakable in the lives of the sahaba ikram they had developed that bond which this what is being mentioned here was evident in their lives that nothing could come between them and the relationship they had and the the bond of love they had with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam let alone material things even any other relationship couldn't come in between whether it was their own son or somebody's father or somebody's brother or somebody's wife or whoever it might be but if anything came in between in the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to try and disrupt that they didn't hesitate to move that out of the way ya habbaza hubbuhu unsun limunfaridin zukhrun limuddakhirin zadun limuntaqili how wonderful the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a means of attachment and friendship for a person the best treasure for an accumulator of any treasure and a provision for a traveler in other words this is what we should be actually having for ourselves as a provision and if a person wants to amass some wealth then the best wealth to amass is this is no better wealth than the wealth of the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam المرء مع من احب اشكر لقائله وذاك وعد بلا خلف ولا خطل that acknowledge the bounty of that being who has said a person will be with him whom he loves this is an absolute promise wherein there is no idle talk actually this is a reference to a hadith sharif once one person one sahabi one person came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he asked a question The question he asked was that mata saa that when will be qiyamah 
Now, when will be Qiyamah? The knowledge of this is known to Allah Ta'ala alone. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala declares this in Allah Indahu Ilmusa'a. Allah alone knows the time of Qiyamah. When Qiyamah will come, Allah Ta'ala has kept that knowledge for Himself. Nobody else knows. And these are among the five things which Allah Ta'ala Himself alone knows. As in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, that these are the five things in Allah Indahu Ilmusa'a, wa Yunazilul Ghayz, wa Ya'alamu Maafil Arham, wa Ma Tadri Nafsum Mada Taksibu Ghada, wa Ma Tadri Nafsum Bi Ayy Ardin Tamut. Inna Allah alimun khabir. Allah alone has the knowledge of these five things. Meaning Allah hasn't given this knowledge to anybody. When will Qiyamah happen? And the rain when it will come, how much it will come, where it will come, all this detailed, only Allah knows. How often people read the forecast, weather forecast, and the forecast says that it will be very sunny and shiny, and then the person gets caught up in rain. And sometimes it says it will be raining and the sun is shining. So by means of the various signs, some kind of indications are given. And this is not something unique with insan. Insan uses all his technology to come to some kind of deductions and some estimations. But these people even see the behavior of animals and they work out these things. That sometimes people, they see the movement of ants and they get an estimation it's probably going to rain. How the ants, certainly certain time of the day when it's not the time when they would be, those who have the more deeper understanding of these things, they say that certain times the ants are not necessarily, or there's not the time for them to be moving in a certain manner into their ant holes. Now suddenly in the middle of the day, People see the ants, how they are moving, they deduce from that that it's probably going to rain. And often that happens. When the tsunami occurred many years back, so in some areas where the tsunami caused a lot of devastation, people, it was recorded, many people, that in that area, in some areas, there was some kind of, well, maybe forests or whatever, there were a lot of animals there. Whatever it was, there were a lot of animals. But not long before the tsunami hit, people were all totally unaware. But people noticed something, many people noticed at that time, which they didn't think anything about it. Later on they realized, animals were all suddenly hastening to a higher point. And barely hours later, the tsunami hit. So these things, insan, what does insan is still far behind the animals. But what is being said here is, that the details of that rain, when that rain will come, exactly where it will fall, what benefit it will bring to the ground, how much of good will come out of that rain, all this only Allah Ta'ala knows. And what is contained within the womb, the technology also would just come to a certain point maybe and give some indication that it might be a boy or a girl, but all the details that no ways they can say. This child, what will be the outcome? This child will be somebody very uh, pious and obedient. Or he'll become a problem. Or how healthy he'll be. Or how unhealthy he'll be. Or whatever other details. Allah knows all those details. Nobody knows what he's going to earn tomorrow. What he's going to end up doing tomorrow. What is going to be his 
issues tomorrow, the next day, what will, what will confront him, what are the challenges that are going to come in his way, Allah knows all that. And, وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتٌ Nobody knows where he will, his last moment will come, which point on earth, Allah alone knows that. So these are things Allah alone knows. So the first aspect was Qiyamat. Allah alone knows when is Qiyamat. In any case, this person came and asked Rasulullah when is Qiyamat. Now this was not an appropriate question. Because this is something in the knowledge of Allah alone. And besides that, the person should be concerned about when or what has he done for Qiyamat, for the preparation of Qiyamat. Apart from that, Man mata faqad qamat qiyamatuhu. The person who passes away, his qiyamat has started. So the real, the main qiyamat will happen whenever it will happen. But your qiyamat could happen now. So in any case, when he asked this question, so in order to get him to understand that what you should be concerned about, Rasulullah said, asked him the question in return, Ma talaha. You are asking about when will qiyamat happen? What preparations have you made for qiyamat? Now he asked the question, but he was somebody sincere, and that question was something that he asked out of maybe some other concern, whatever it might have been. But when Nabi Salaam asked him this question in return, so he replied and said, I haven't made any great preparations. Now he's talking from his position. The preparations that he is referring to as not very great, for us that is beyond our greatest preparation. But then he made one statement further. I haven't made very great preparations. Sahaba would talk in this manner. They wouldn't be referring to something that, as we might say something, I didn't make many preparations. It will mean, Nauzubillah, I've been missing my salah. I haven't been making any tilawat also. I've been, Nauzubillah, committing some wrong sins. No, no. The Sahaba are talking from a very high rank. They talk about, we didn't make very great preparations. They are talking about, that we didn't exert ourselves as much as maybe we could have. Now from that position, looking at it from a point of humility, despite having done very greatly. So in any case, he responded and said, I haven't made very great preparations, but there's one thing, that I love Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is just my preparation. Now, that degree of love that the Sahaba had, this is beyond our imagination. So in any case, he replied and said that I have nevertheless the love of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu This is my provision for akhirat. So when this is the reply he gave, Rasulullah said to him, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. Wa anta ma'aman ahbabta. That if that's the case, you will be with the one who you love. In other words, you are saying you love Allah and His Rasul sallallahu so you are claiming to love me. So inshallah, if that's the case, then you will be with me. If you truly love me, it's not just a lip service love, but that love is supported by action that you're following me as well. Then you love me, you'll be with me on the day of Qiyamah. So when the day of Qiyamah comes, then inshallah you'll have no issue, because you'll be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Anas who says, that when we heard this, conversation and this reply that Rasulullah gave, that Anta Ma'aman Ahbabt. He says we never were so ecstatic over anything. Like the 
happiness and joy we felt at hearing this reply of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi This gave us the greatest degree of joy and we were most ecstatic over this reason because we also don't know how much more provisions we have in other amal. But the love of Rasulullah was at the peak. And if the person who loves Nabi will be with him, we have the greatest hope inshallah will be with him. But that was not just lip service love. It was love truly from the depth of the heart which manifested itself in all the amal and actions too. That they followed in the footsteps of Rasulullah in their day to day life in all their aspects of life, we look at the lives of the Sahaba Ikram as discussed yesterday, we should be taking the time to read about the seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu read about the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, read about their zeal to follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu how they gave their lives, figuratively speaking, that they were prepared to sacrifice their lives on one sunnah. That was more dear to them than their own lives. So this zeal that they had and this love that they had, this gave them the greatest hope. Inshallah now we have the greatest hope that we too will be with Rasulullah This is what the poet is referring to here. That acknowledge the bounty of that being who said a person will be with him who he loves. Then further he says, أُحِبُّهُ وَلِذَا أَرْجُوا شَفَاعَتَهُ إِنَّ الْمُحِبَّ مِنَ الْمَحْبُوبِ فِي أَمَلِي I love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa On this basis I have hope in the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa A lover always has hope in his beloved. شُغْلُ الصَّلَاةِ عَلَيْهِ وَالسَّلَامُ كَفَى فَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ لِي فِي ذَلِكَ الشُّغْلِ The occupation of, of sending salat and salam on Nabi sallallahu alayhi is sufficient for me. May Allah Ta'ala grant me blessings in this occupation. In other words, I don't have to involve myself in anything else. I have something to keep myself occupied all the time. Many a times we get bored. People get bored and as a result of the so-called boredom, then now how to overcome this boredom? So to overcome this boredom, now somebody wants to do something and somebody wants to do something else and then a person, now that way to overcome that boredom, what is being undertaken is all artificial entertainment. It's all artificial. It's like something just to appease now in some way. It's all artificial. Artificial things can only give temporary, just very, very limited and temporary enjoyment of some sort. Some limited temporary enjoyment. A person looks at some artificial fruit it looks very, very well. It looks so nice sometimes. It looks better than the real thing. person gets amazed how well it's designed. The person who ever sculpted it and the color of it and the shine on it. And looking at that artificial fruit, he starts, his mouth starts watering for the real thing. But when his mouth starts watering for the real thing, he's going to eat that. Is that artificial fruit going to, when the time, how long he's going to look at it? He'll look at it for one minute, five minutes. Then now he can't look at it anymore. He is tired of it. Then somebody brings it back to show him. He says, I saw it already. Because now it's over now. It's artificial. Artificial things can't give any real enjoyment. 
It can't give any real satisfaction. It's artificial. So, the boredom that now overcomes a person, now he's looking for something to remove the boredom, so now he's resorting to artificial things. So he'll give some kind of temporary, minimal, little bit of, some kind of uh, enjoyment of some sort. But then, that's over. But now he, he's still bored, so now what? So now something else. And then something heavier, and something that, they say, that gives a greater kick. But, who's kicking from the other end? Shaitan. That a person is asking for the kick of Shaitan, Allah protect us. So now this becomes that cycle. So the thing that we have to bring into our hearts and minds is, that that void in the heart, which so-called, brings about the so-called boredom and so on, that is actually, the, the heart is crying for something. The heart is crying for its nourishment. Everything has its own nourishment. The nourishment of the stomach is food. The nourishment of the eyes is to see something that is pleasing to the eyes. Obviously what Allah Ta'ala has made haram, that can never provide any real satisfaction of any sort. It will provide misery. But in any case, the person what Allah Ta'ala has permitted to see, now he sees some good scenery, some garden, Oh, now he's seeing something else, he sees something that is pleasing to the eye, so that freshens the eyes. He listens to some sounds that pleases the ears. Obviously what is permissible, so that pleases, and that is the kind of nourishment of the ears. But all these things have their nourishment. What is the nourishment of the heart? Because the heart is crying for its nourishment now. It's hungry. The stomach is hungry, the person feels the pangs of that hunger. The heart is crying for something. It's hungry. So now the person now to fill that hunger is like that person whose stomach is hungry, so he's trying to eat that artificial fruit to fill that stomach, to give it that satisfaction. It's going to kill him. So likewise we are trying to fill this void in the heart with something artificial. That's not going to work. Allah Ta'ala has already given us the direction in the Qur'an Sharif and what is the nourishment of the heart. Allah bi-zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, do the hearts get this peace, this contentment. And truly the person who has understood or has tasted the enjoyment of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in all its forms, whether it's still out of the Qur'an Sharif, whether it is the zikr of the various azkar that have been taught to us in the hadith sharif, the tasbihat, durood sharif, istighfar, reading the authentic literature which is also now knowledge of deen. The person who has tasted the true enjoyment of these things, there isn't and cannot be a moment of boredom in his life. There cannot be boredom in his life. But if the real thing is missing, then obviously there's a void, something now the heart is crying. There's a hunger in the heart. And when there's a hunger, a person's stomach is hungry, it's uneasy. Now the heart is hungry, it's uneasy. So now the person is trying to fill this hunger with things. Now somebody is trying to fill it with social media. Somebody is trying to fill it with what he is doing on the net. And somebody is going into Instagram. And somebody is going to this gram and that gram. And in all that grams, the kilograms of burdens are coming. Tons of burdens, the tons of misery. 
But the heart is not going to get filled with this. It is going to look for something else. And hours will go past. And after that hours, the person is looking for something. He'll just be worse off at the end of the whole exercise. When he finishes off, he's even worse off from where he started. He was looking to fill something. It's more empty. The only thing will fill it. Allah bi-zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala in all its various forms till out of the Quran Sharif, zikr, nafil salah and azkar, tasbihat, reading authentic Islamic books listening to the talks of our kabir listening to things that Quran Sharif tilawad and all these are things that will fill the heart and will give it that peace and contentment so this is the aspect that is being expressed here the quote is saying, I've made my occupation reciting salat and salam upon Rasulullah sallallahu After this occupation being my occupation, I don't need anything else. This is sufficient for me. I will occupy myself all the time in this. And indeed in one hadith sharif, one sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu and he said, I wish to make half my time dedicated to reciting salat and salam upon you. Maybe Islam said very well. And if you increase it, all the better for you. So he said, okay, more. He increased it to two-thirds. And then the same reply he got, then eventually, this goes in various stages, eventually he said, I now will dedicate every bit of time that I can to Salat and Salam upon you. Rasulullah said, in that case, Allah Ta'ala will take care of your every need. So this is the message the poet is giving. I have this occupation, I don't need anything else, I don't need entertainment, I have the most valuable possession, and that is reciting Salat and Salam upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim da'iman abada ala nabiyyika taha sayyidir rusuli. O oh Allah, send perpetual salat and salam upon your Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Taha, the leader of all the messengers sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq of practicing on these very deep points that the Port has made, bringing these things in our life. Allah ta'ala grant us the true love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and enable us to follow in his mubarak footsteps. Wa akhiru da'wana ni alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ان شاء الله برانكو 22 قرر